Welcome to another hard-hitting episode of Customer Cafe by Calabria. Calabria is a tool that turns good account managers into great account managers through the power of great collaboration. A great account manager is a team player. This podcast is made for those in sales, customer success, and account management as a place to caffeinate, ideate, and collaborate. Subscribe now for the latest brew. Let's hit the grind. Thanks for joining us here at the Customer Cafe. My name is Menachem Pritzker, VP Growth here at Calabria. My name is Sharon, and I am the Senior Content and Community Manager also at Calabria. We have a great guest today, uh, Bryn Tillman. Uh, we're going to introduce her in just a second. But uh, before we get started, uh, I just want to say, uh, you know, if you're if you're a dedicated listener, you've heard me say this 10 times already, but we need your help. We need more design partners. We need more early beta users of Calabria. So if you're in sales, if you're in account management, uh, if you deal with, uh, you know, mission critical inbound emails from outside of your organization and you need the collaboration of your team in order to get those questions answered uh you need Calabria, and we need you so help us make it a better product come to collaborate.com and sign up it's totally free we just want your opinions uh your feedback and we will send you swag it's gonna be fun without any further ado i want to introduce bryn tillman ceo of social sales link membership chair of the West Orange Chamber of Commerce and co-host of Making Sales Social. Uh, Bryn, thank you for joining us at the Customer Cafe. Thanks for having me. I love swag. Well, then we will get you some (laughs) swag. Well, you know, Bryn, what are some good swag ideas for us to start out with? You know, we're we're still at the very early stages of our swag adventure. Swag venture. Oh, I can connect you with some awesome people, but... I have I happen to love mugs like that's I because so like I'm always like I've got my mug and whatever my mug is for the day a LinkedIn mug yeah I also I my I also have my favorite mug which is you're on mute um yeah um I so I that I'm a mug gal but there's so many great things out there that you really want to uh, give away something that they're going to stick yeah. in their backpack, right? Like something that, so the mug is not necessarily it. So the water bottle and some other things like that. But anyway, enjoy swag. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be fun buying swag too. Just, you know. Yeah. Got to get the samples, you know. Uh, Bryn, thank you for coming. And uh, tell us what you do. What is Social Sales Link? The social sales link is really, uh, we're a sales training company that focuses on LinkedIn as the tool. So we teach Mm -hmm. social selling and I believe that we teach it from a completely different perspective than most people in the industry, because we actually believe social selling is about starting conversations, not making sales. And so, you know, it's really about building rapport, providing real value, developing trust and credibility by being a resource and detaching from what the prospect is worth to us and attaching to what we are worth to them. The sale will come when the time is right, when you do it right. So it's real top of the funnel work. It Well, ish. So top of the funnel, it's really about 
there's at the top of the funnel, the networking, the meeting new, new people, the starting the conversations. There's a lot of nurturing as well. Um, hmm. Like, you, you know, the old saying land and expand, right? So you may, you may sell into one small department or one thing of what you do to one, one champion or one buyer. Uh, and then LinkedIn is a great way to identify all the other people in the organization and leverage your champion mm -hmm. to make warm introductions. And you go, okay, well, we do that anyway. We ask our champion or coach or whatever you might call your primary buyer, you know, who else in the company should I be talking to? And especially if you're selling into a big company, they're like, I don't know. I just, I have my little bubble, right? I work in my little. And so they're like, but, you know, if I hear, that they need your services. I'm happy to bring you into the conversation. LinkedIn. So we said, you know, the top of the funnel for mm -hmm. sure, but this, that LinkedIn, you go in and you buy your map. Here are the 17 other people in the organization that I should be having conversations with. And now we bring those names to our buyer and, and as an internal person, they might say of these 17, I'd feel comfortable bringing you into six of them. Okay. Let's start there. And then some of, you know, the, the, those six can bring you in to the other 11 over time. Right. So right. Um, the land LinkedIn is great for, for land and expand. So the top of the funnel is the land and, you know, so, mm -hmm. um, but all of it comes down to bringing the right resources to the right people without coming across as salesy. The moment they feel like you are trying to pitch, they run. Most of these folks are not looking to buy your solution. I mean, if they reach out to you and say, hey, we're shopping, can you talk to us? Great. But that happens far and few between, right? Like it just rarely happens. So recognize when you're starting conversations with these people, if we start with a connect and pitch, they're gone. They're, they, you know, they didn't come, they didn't show up at your profile or comment on your content or show up in a list they didn't even know they were showing up in to be sold. Um, right. And yeah, so we have to earn that right. How do you get started on social selling? I, I would start to say there's a few primary things that we have to do. The first thing we have to do, and you don't have to spend days on this, but a couple of hours is social listening. Really identifying who your ideal buyer is that happens to be on LinkedIn. You know, you may have an ideal buyer that um, isn't there prominently. So there may be someone else in the organization by title, right? That That's just showing up more often. And so sometimes we talk about going as high and as warm as you possibly can go, but we prefer warm first. So if it's a little bit lower, warm matters, right? So um, really building out the persona of the people that we want to have conversations with and looking at what's the content they're engaging. Look at their recommendations. What's the value they're bringing their clients? What industry do they serve? We, that's really yeah. important. When we can get curious about our prospects' clients, because that's their goal, we can really show up in a way that serves them. Right. So, so social listening is absolutely the first thing we need to do. The next thing we need to do is build out a value centric profile, shifting our profile from a resume to a resource. People work with us because we bring them value. Corporate Visions did a study that says 74% of 
buyers choose the sales rep or company that was first to add value and insight, not the lowest bid. And that's three quarters of people are choosing the person that consulted with them, that got them to think differently about the way they were doing things. So that's number, there's actually five things. I'll go through them quickly and then we can deep dive. That was two. Uh, number three is content and engagement and content engagement comes in three legs. There's curating content, creating content, and engaging on content. And it's really important that we do all three. But of the three, the most important is engagement. People are like, really? well, I just don't More have... than creating. Way more than creating. Really? Okay. Absolutely. People. So if I'm going to dedicate time to LinkedIn, mm -hmm. what percentage of that time should be curating, creating, and engaging? So how would that break down? So I, I can't give you a time, right? I But what I would say is, Depending, I would interweave it into your prospecting initially. So we don't say stop doing what you're doing and only do this. But let's get like when let's say we're talking to SDRs that are making phone calls all day. What if you right. engaged on their content two or three times and then called? They know your name, they know who you are, you've warmed it up, it took almost no time. And now with Chat GPT, you don't even have to think on how to engage, right? Like <laughs> So, so engaging is, is absolutely vital in getting them to like you. Why did they post? They posted for engagement. So if you like and share and maybe even mention someone that would like their content, you matter to them. The, the original content is important, but I would say 50% or more should be engaging with other people uh, because they're much more likely, like you spent the time to do that. You matter to me if you engage on my content, because that's why I put it out there. So, uh, you know, a couple of quick little tricks. If it, You can ring the bell. Even if you're not connected to someone, if you follow them and ring their bell, anytime they share content, it goes into your notifications. So don't look at your homepage feed anymore. Start ringing bells and engaging with targeted people's content and slow it down, right? We want to slow down our outreach to speed up our outcome. So there are a few things that we can do in engaging with folks um, where we may just, you know, do it, engage two or three times and then reach out with, hey, I really love the content that you're sharing. I'd love to connect and continue to follow you. I know now this is where we get strategic in the content. The curation piece is I go to listen notes and I find a podcast. So listen notes is like the hub lists all the podcasts in all the world. And I type in the topic that they talk about. I listen for a little bit. I, maybe I read the show notes and I, and I, I reach back out and um, you know, I'm, I'm, so, you know, it's thanks for connecting. Again, I really love the topics you're sharing. I recently came across a podcast from this person on a similar topic. Here were a couple of the takeaways I got. That's why you need to listen to it or read the show. Like you've got to be knowledgeable of this. Um, here were some of the things I, I got from this. Let me know if you're interested. I'm happy to send it to you. I'm not pitching my stuff. So actually original content is at the bottom. So it's right, right because they're like, oh, 
That's interesting. I'm a podcast listener. You could do this with YouTube videos, blog posts, whatever it is. But the goal is that you start talking to them about what they care about. That's sort of bringing that social listening back in as well. And you're just starting conversations with the right people. At one point, you might say, you know, who else do you follow if it had been a cure? Or what other topics do you talk about? Is this a topic that's interesting to you? Well, you know, we recently did a white paper or an ebook or whatever on that. Is that something you'd be interested in? I'd be happy to send it to you. But it's like five passes down. Like we get there. And that's where people are like, oh my gosh, that's so many steps. But the success rate is so significantly high, especially if one of the messages is you send them a video on your mobile. And it's so highly personalized that, I mean, we end up with about somewhere between a 20 and a 30% chance of them getting on a Zoom call if we do it right. That's really? huge. Yeah. Wow. But you have to slow it down and start with the value that they perceive as value. They don't perceive your solution as value yet. You haven't earned the right. But now you you give them other curated content from other people that they follow. And there there's so much I could go down the rabbit hole on this. Go, go down the rabbit hole. Okay, so you can actually, so let's say now I have found this amazing content by Tony Robbins, right? Whoever does, doesn't matter, right? Now I can search my connections. So this is actually number four, which is nurture. I can search my connections for every single person I am connected to that follows Tony Robbins. So I spent the time listening to this podcast, you know, my takeaways. I want to leverage it more than this one person. So who, so I find out that there are 280 people that follow Tony Robbins. I'm like, you know what? I only want the CEOs. So it gets down to 27 CEOs that I'm already connected to that follows Tony. So I have a note. Hey, we and and you can hyper-personalize this, and I'll tell you that in a second. But hey, I noticed that you're a fan of Tony Robbins. I recently listened to a podcast on this, this, and this. I thought it was fabulous. If you're interested, let me know. I'll send you a link. Don't send the link. Ask permission to send the link. There's FOMO. If you send the link, they can click anytime, and there's no conversation started. They have to at least say sure or yes in order to get the link. Mm-hmm. So now we've got a conversation started and, and they've qualified in, right? So now we send it out. We A-B tested this. 100 first degree connections we sent it out to. 19 clicked through uh, that we just sent the link. 100 that we asked permission. 69 said yes, send the link. Mm-hmm. 58 clicked through. So there's there's FOMO, there's I don't feel spammed, you you ask permission, so many great things around that. So, you know, there you can naturally move in. Now, I can't tell you how many of our clients, when they slow it down and they're just sharing, will say, Well, what is it that you do? They do, they say this. It's like in a networking meeting, if you never say what you do, eventually they ask. Or they look right. at your profile and say, oh, you do this? That's interesting. It's just human nature when you're giving, 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 just don't stop. Ask permission and give. Ask permission and give. They will say, so like it's their turn. And when they ask, they listen. Right. So it's like a... <laughs> going to come up with a really weird analogy right now but the first thing that came to my mind is like 
you've given a fish so many free worms that eventually he's just going to ask for the hook. I love, I'm going to use that analogy. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. No, yeah, that's, it's the truth, right? And so we need to show up as a resource, not as a salesperson. And we earn the right to get the conversation. Uh, and, and I'm not saying don't ever ask, but mm-hmm. y- you have to know the timing and, and mm-hmm. there's, and there's baby steps. We don't ask for a date until we've had a little conversation, you know, the old bar analogy, right? Like you have a conversation before you say, Hey, let's go out to dinner. But on LinkedIn, people think, Oh, let's connect. Their profile looks great. I'm going to sell the contract. Them. I'm going to connect and pitch because, you know, they look good. That's who I want. And it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And, you know, the, the cold calling on LinkedIn is one of my most disappointing outcomes of the pandemic. Like people just went on and they didn't know any other way. They, they, they didn't have cell phones. They were, you know, work phones, everybody's working from home, they couldn't get, mm-hmm. so they use LinkedIn to spam. And there's remnants of that still, right? We're uh, daily, we're getting connect and pitch. And I do believe yeah, it's out constant. of ignorance. Right. And desperate, and you know, desperate times. But there's, if we could slow down our outreach, it will speed up our outcome. Be more conscious of who you're going after, like really hone in and and don't don't go oh this looks good do your research hone in be purposeful and be personal so speaking speaking of that how do you balance your personal professional wants and needs with that of your companies well if you're in sales this i mean this is your professional profile you do not if you want personal you've got instagram you've got facebook that's personal you don't need LinkedIn to be personal. You want to show up as a thought leader. I mean, you don't have, if you have other things that you do, maybe you're an author, maybe you, you know, there you're very passionate about an organization that you represent, right? You may, you, you have other identities, but these are going to be your professional for your professional purposes. We don't need to share our, you know, our kids on the playground, you know, we, we don't, can you, you can, but uh, honestly, if you want this platform to work for you in a business development platform, you need to embrace the fact that this is, this is how you show up at a networking meeting. This, this is your professional face. Right. So I, I think to rephrase, I think what I meant to ask was the same way a company shouldn't only post their own content and they should also engage and reshare and repost and comment and all that. How do you balance, um, you know, an individual, not only should they be doing that, you know, with solely with their company hat on, but, you know, people don't tend to stay in the same jobs for 10 to 15 years. How do you also open the door for other opportunities while doing your due diligence, like what you want to be doing in terms of sales for the company that you're at? I mean, this is a networking meeting, right? So you could go in, I mean, you 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 build your network based on mm-hmm. what matters to you. So I'd have to understand what's your end goal. Is your end goal like eventually I want to move into this industry? Well, then 
we would start to build a network in that industry, even if you're not in there yet, right? So I I, I, I hate to say it depends, but it really, what it, what's the goal? And then we have to put a plan around the goal. If you have absolutely, if you know, I just want to move to Jerusalem and work there and I'm in Haifa and I, you know, I don't have a network in Jerusalem, then you need to go build that network, right? So you have to decide what what the goal is and then put a plan around that goal and then you know just naturally start connecting and engaging in a way that's meaningful to them remember i said the original content is the least important it's engaging with the other people so it's not like you, you could share your company content you can share content uh, local events you could whatever it's the least important side of things when it's when you're there for social selling. If you are there for thought leadership, it's the most important thing you do. But when you're there for social set, like if you want to build a reputation in an industry, then all of a sudden your con your original content becomes priority. But if you want to start conversations with buyers, it's the least important when it comes to content. That's interesting. Um, okay, so let's. Uh, I want to ask, like, practically, um, somebody's an SDR, which I think is somebody who's, I imagine, is your target market. Somebody is trying to make those initial connections, um, and often he's the the first, you know, line of attack for a company to to really penetrate and land and expand a, a new account. Um, and he's the one that has to do the most work. Uh, he or she is the one that has to do the most work in in penetrating into this, uh, you know, into an organization where they have no exposure yet. Um, what's the, you know, if I was managing SDRs, I would say, listen, you got to send 100 emails a day and you got to make 100 calls a day. And, um, you know, it's all a numbers game and just, you know, get those numbers up there and then you're going to whatever 1%, 2% of those uh, pan kills out. Me. You got to work those through your funnel and, uh, you know, get the job done. It kills me. I yeah. hate it. What a waste <laughs> of time. So make make us more efficient. What, what what you know? I'm an SDR manager, and you know this is what I'm currently telling my team. I want 100 emails and 100 phone calls. What? All right. What what's the walk me through a social selling transformation? Okay, so we need content from marketing, and, and we can talk about what that looks like to start conversations. We can curate content, but if you're talking about this is an SDR program that we're going to put in place, um. We need to give them a library, even if it's curation, a library of content to be used in different scenarios. And so we could talk about that, but. And not necessarily our original not content. Not necessarily our original con content. I, that could, I do need that, but probably mm -hmm. at the third or fourth touch, maybe okay. fifth touch. So I do need it, but I don't need it to start the conversation. So, uh, and, and there's content throughout the whole conversation. There's different things that I, I can, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole in that, but because I want to kind of answer this question. What do I do? So I'm going to give you one scenario of one thing we did with one client because it's a little different depending on goals. We said, okay, do not measure phone calls. Measure how many conversations. So let's change the KPI. The KPI is not okay. how many people you reached out to. 
It's how many people you got on a com a call with or a Zoom call. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because that's way more important. And then we A-B tested. Right. I agree. So I'm going to filter, you know, sales loft or whatever we're using to only count the calls that are longer than two and a half minutes or something and some sort of conversation. Or schedule calls. So there's a few ways to or do this, call. right? Okay. Like there, and, and then that, that they had, they had. Yes. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Okay. So now, depending, I'm just going to talk about this one client that we worked with. So what they decided to do was every SDR was going to get three companies a day. And we actually did 50-50. Half of them did this, half of them did the old cold call. Mm -hmm. So they, they got every company, every SDR had three companies a day that they had to penetrate. So how do we do that? So you have an eight-hour day, seven and a half-hour day to penetrate three companies. So in this case, they were given the three companies. Here's who we want mm -hmm. you to go after. They would go in. They, they had Sales Navigator. They would buyer map all the people, the, the, the decision makers, the influencers, the users. And they'd buyer map and say, here are all the people that will most likely be touched during the sales process. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Now we've we've buyer mapped. Now we go into each of them and see if there's content to engage on just to get on their radar. Plus, we visited their profile. So they'll probably get, hey, Bryn visited your profile. And now I look back and because my profile is set up right, they go, oh, that's interesting. Right. So so we engage with those folks. Now I might look and and this is. Um, more difficult for SDRs than it is for account managers, but it's possible. And I look and I see, who do I know? Where's my warmest, highest entry point? I've now engaged with everyone that's active, but who, where is my highest, warmest entry point? And so you look at your first degree connections. Most SDRs won't have that yet, but they may have seconds. So they may say, oh, seven people know this highest, warmest buyer at this company. Okay. So I look at all seven and I, and, and maybe five of them I'm comfortable reaching out to two are competitors. If you know them, Sharon, I hope you're, you're doing well. It's been a while since we last connected. I'm reaching out um, because, because I noticed you're connected to, you know, Dave at ABC company. And um, I'm going to be reaching out to him in the next few days. I'm wondering if you have any insights you'd be willing to share with me. Right. And so, you know, of the seven people, we reach out to five, three get back, two get back that say, I have no idea who Dave is. Three come back and say, oh, I worked with him. Yeah, he's a good guy. I kind of remember him. Right. And so now I go to the mm -hmm. two that remember him and say, would you be willing to jump on a quick 10 minute call and share whatever you, you know, you know about him? Sure. One of them says yes. So we mm -hmm. get on and at the end, depending on how deep of a relationship that person has with Dave, I can, I would say um, if it's, if it's shallow, I would say, thank you so much for your insights. When I get, when I talk with him, should I tell Dave that you said hello? And they say, Sure. So now I reach out, Sharon, Dave and I were chatting. He says, hello. Does he? <laughs> right? Is he cute? <laughs> <laughs> right? And so, and, and I'm just kind of going down, like the structure is warm and high. 
the chances of Dave taking my call, our statistics show is about 50%. So if we could do three companies like that and we could get one or two people from each company to take the conversation, the success is significantly higher. You're coming in at a higher level of credibility. You're, um, you know, a, a warmer connection, even, mm-hmm. you know, if they didn't know, there's just so many things, so many ways to leverage LinkedIn. So that is one of many, many, many different ways for an SDR to, to go after a prospect. It's kind of a, like surrounding them. Yeah. Um, Social, we call it socially like, surrounding yeah. an organization. I remember, uh, uh, what book was this? I don't know. So it was well, one of the many books written about Facebook, you know, that other social network, the the less famous one, less useful yeah. one than LinkedIn. Which is where I share my grandbabies. That's my Bubby page. Yeah, there you go. You got to have an outlet. Yep. Facebook's for Bubby. LinkedIn <laughs> is for the CEO. Uh, who could also be Bubby. I mean, she happens to be, but doesn't talk about it a whole lot, you know? So when when Facebook was starting out, you know, they were so focused on colleges. And whenever they spotted a competitor starting to get traction in a certain college or in a certain city, they surrounded that college with all the other colleges in that city so that all of the, the people in this target, you know, uh, blanking on university names, but this, you know, in, in this one target university. So they would go to Princeton and everywhere else in New Jersey. I don't know, University of New Jersey, if that exists. Um, all the other New Jersey uh, campuses would would be just totally penetrated by Facebook. And then, you know, Rutgers, they would have this kind of FOMO, like, why haven't they reached us yet? You know, they're, they're, they're targeting all these, all our friends and, you know, the neighboring universities are on Facebook. And then finally, when Facebook would kind of make that last pitch, it was like the, the dam burst and there was all this pent up demand. And that's kind of what you're reminding me. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, there's a, definitely a correlation between the two. Uh, mm. The more you hold back, the more they're interested. Okay. Selfish question. I've asked a few already. Next, is the next one. Um, should everyone be paying for a LinkedIn premium account? Absolutely not. No. No. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Why? So there's a ton that you can do on the free account. And I would say um, you really need to master the, the free account before I think you should pay. And it's kind of like if you know, you join a gym for the first time and then you go do, you know, you're in an advanced kickboxing class, right? Like mm. you, you got to start, you know, baby Foundations. steps. Yeah. yeah. And the other right. thing is. At a certain point, you're just the punching bag. <laughs> you're funny. Um, <laughs> um, so, so I, I actually think most people should start out with the free, if they already have so premium gives you a little bit of, of extra. If you're going to pay, I truly believe in Sales Navigator as the tool. Mm-hmm. I think it's a beautiful tool. It keeps getting better and better. Um, it's uh, I'm shocked that um, LinkedIn has actually listened to all of us in the, the training world and they ask us and then all of a sudden it appears and I'm so excited. So I'm so proud of them for growing up and listening. Um, but sales navigator is a phenomenal tool, but you know, don't, you can't, 
it's it's you buy the gym membership and you show up and you're overwhelmed you don't know where to start you need to get the foundational training to get the most mm-hmm. out of sales navigator mm-hmm. there's lots of places to do this obviously i do that but there's a lot you could go on youtube and really learn and explore mm-hmm. like because you go oh i didn't know three clicks in there's magic because the one thing that LinkedIn does poorly is the user experience. You don't know where to go or what to do. And there's too many buttons and too many things with the same name and um, it could get overwhelming. So start with the free. There's so much in the free that you can't do in sales navigator. You can't see who viewed your profile in sales navigator. That's why I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. Is that like that oh, ever weird or inappropriate? Like if you like to, to look at, let's say you're trying to close a deal. Is there a point where you're like, it's time to stop looking at their profile because then they'll know and that's awkward. Well, so one thing that LinkedIn does well is they won't show your face 27 times. So they only share it for the last time you looked. So it's not nearly as creepy as you might think because they're not smart enough to know that you looked at it 27 times. They just say, they just see you keep coming up to the top, but it it's not like they, they're not, most people are not creeped out by that. Um, you can go into stalker mode. I don't recommend doing it a lot, but if you're like, ah, you know, I really don't want them to keep getting a notification or whatever that might be, or you can go into stalker mode. It's just going mm-hmm. into anonymous. Um, I only really use that for like competitor research. If I don't want my competitors mm-hmm. to know that I'm stalking them. Well, yeah. so actually what, and I agree um, that is the, that's, probably the most often that I use it, but let's say there you had, you've submitted an RFP and you're not allowed to approach them. You don't want, Hmm. you know, you know, you don't want to overstep that boundary, but you want to see what's going on. So the anonymous mode, you're not breaking any agreement with them because you're not approaching them. They're not aware that you're looking at their profile but you get some intel and you can socially listen to what's going on a little bit. So that's another time to use it. I hear that. That that would be like a really high regulatory industry though. Like I I can't imagine that most RFPs have clauses that like, you're not allowed to send anyone on our team a notification that you you looked at their profile. Be surprised. Well, they don't say, really. well, you are not, you're not allowed to make contact. Right. Right. Which could be liking a post even maybe mm. um so obviously it depends on the client but generally what we say you know you've got to do all your due diligence before the rfp as soon as you know mm. that you're going to be submitting an rfp socially surround get in front of folks right. get messages out and then when the rfp is submitted shut it down from uh, their vision perspective they appreciate that actually they'll notice that but that aside, obviously you just have to do what each organization, but I have one very large company um, that's very strict on that. Very strict. So hmm. we've, we've figured out how to do it um, anyway. So, yeah. One question about, um, so we care about collaboration a lot as our, we are branded as Calabria. Um, and I, I am wondering about the social surrounding and, and how collaboration plays into that and how to do that. So, I, I mean, there's, there's collaborating with my internal team, kind of like, uh, you know, if you looked at, you know, that marketing is going to get involved, like we're going after big whales. 
Um, I am blocking, which is insane, the term, which is um, when, the, you know, the whole company comes together, whale hunting, when the whole company comes together to go after specific accounts. Um, but so there's a lot of collaboration between sales and marketing and, may, you know, maybe like uh, thought leaders inside of the organization that will connect better. Maybe you're selling a SaaS product. So you're getting thought leadership from the developers, from the from IT, from right, and so they're all coming together to develop a go-to-market strategy. That that's internal collaboration. There's a lot that we can do. The number one thing in a company like that is Sales Navigator with TeamLink. TeamLink will say, let's say there's you know twenty thousand people in my company. And I'm trying to get to ABC Pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. And I go to ABC Pharmaceuticals and it says Team Link Connection. And I click through and I find out my CFO is connected to 17 people at ABC Pharma. I've never met my CFO. He lives in another state, maybe even another country. But I now know I'm not connected to him, but because we're in this sales navigator with the Team Link function, that he's connected. So he's very connected to the outcome. He wants me to make this sale. So he can easily, so I can reach out to him and say, hey, I know you may not know me. I'm responsible for this account. You know these folks. Is there any way you know you can help facilitate an introduction? And so that's where the so team link inside Sales Navigator is in my mind one of do, the do both sides have to have team link in order for it to work does the cfo have to also so the, he doesn't have to have sales navigator mm -hmm. there's um something called team link extend and most companies get a thousand for free but i'm sure depending on how many sales navigator um licenses they have i'm sure that's something that's negotiable so that means that people inside the organization and by the way it could be board members it, they don't even have to be part of the company. Um, they get they give permission to be searched to the internally, and so it's a team link extend. They don't have to have Sales Navigator to offer that up. Okay. Um, so, kind of an offbeat question that you know has occurred to me just over the last you know almost nearly an hour that we've been talking. Um, obviously LinkedIn is so important and, you know, especially in the B2B world, that's where everything is happening. And, you know, we, we talked about Facebook as that's just the place where you share pictures of your grandkids. What is the second most important social network for somebody in B2B sales to be on? Oh, that's killing me. So I don't want to make this answer, but I'm going to say it and I'm going to regret okay. it, but Twitter. Twitter. Okay. Interesting. I don't want it to be. <laughs> but you know twitter is real-time information it's amazing for social listening it's an incredible opportunity to find out what's going on in organizations um i mean one of the things we teach is um is sharing their own company content so you know abc pharma just acquired xyz pharma 
And there's a big article and I find now I can do it in Google alerts, but Twitter is really one of the best places to do that because it's real time. You're getting those. And now I can reach out to that CFO and say, you know, congratulations on your new merger. I saw this in Twitter. If you'd like to see the, you've got, you know, hundreds of thousands of comments. Um, I'm happy to send you the link if you want to engage as well. Right. So there's just so much real time content from Twitter. Yeah. I mean, now I say that. But why are you hesitating? Is the, why, 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 why were you, why did you not want to give the answer? Um, there's so much noise on Twitter. Yes. Okay. You have to, you can go down rabbit holes. Um, it, there's a lot of fake information that you'll find more on Twitter than you will on LinkedIn. Not that you won't on LinkedIn. You're going to find it everywhere. But wait, Twitter has a fake news problem. I, really? Oh my God. Surprising. I didn't know. I, I hadn't, I hadn't I heard this. So, so there's a lot of, you know, there, there's a lot of take it with a grain of salt. And that's why I don't want to say that. Now, if you happen to be an incredible, like, let's say, you know, you're a travel agent. I mean, Pinterest could be your best site. So it really depends on what you do, right? Like I, I'm building my board of my, um, you know, ideal destinations and you've got all these pictures and they repin Hawaii. And now yeah. you you can reach out with the, you know, I don't know, a Hawaii brochure that's selling too fast. But, <laughs> but the point really is, you know, depending on what you do, if it's visual, Instagram and, and Pinterest, Pinterest could be huge for some companies, mm. fashion companies. In the B2B world, I still believe LinkedIn could, you can <laughs> use LinkedIn solely and it's enough. But next yeah. in line would yeah, be the dreaded Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> dreaded Twitter. Can I quote? Um, Brandon, one of our favorite questions to ask our guests is you spend a lot of time strategizing, coaching, teaching, you know, sharing wisdom with others. Where do you go for learning enrichment and growth? I love that question. Yes. So, well, I'm an, I'm an audio learner for sure. So I have audio books. I'm constantly learning about sales and then I try to adapt it to social selling, um, there's a new book that I'm totally obsessed with, which is called Trust and Inspire by um, Stephen Covey, where it's um, most of us lead with command and control, and it's to change it to trust and inspire. It's, you know, the way that that really good businesses are moving. And so, mm -hmm. um, but I I spend a lot of time learning and then how do I use it here? Learning and then how do I use it here? But one of the things I love about my industry, social selling, is mm -hmm. we all, most of us, believe that high tide rises all boats. So I'm in chat groups with all of my competitors, mm -hmm. and we're sharing all the new features. And That's nice. Yeah. So um, I, it's part of why I absolutely love what I do. Um, so there are people out there like Kevin Turner, who is like on top of every new feature. And he, we have a group of like 50 people on LinkedIn. And he's like, did you see this? Here's a video. Did you know? And I'm like, I love you. Like, I just like, <laughs> and, and, but when I come up with things, I will, will share. And we really are an incredibly collaborative community. So I would say from a 
LinkedIn and social selling perspective, it's my competitors, um, mm -hmm. my collaborators. We're collaborating in a wonderful way. Um, and sales related and leadership related audiobooks and podcasts. Great. That's very helpful. And, okay. And people can follow you. On they LinkedIn can. Bryn Tillman. <laughs> and they can follow you on Facebook. For no, no, no Facebook. Stay no, away. No. Okay, no. Stay no. away. <laughs> um, my company, I, I'm I the only I don't tweet a whole lot, but I do occasionally because mm -hmm. you can tweet directly through LinkedIn. So I'll I'll send something out. But um the best thing if you want, if it's okay, is if you go to LinkedInlibrary.com, we have a free library with tons of resources. Okay. Um, that's really where you're gonna get the most out of meeting me. LinkedInlibrary.com. Um, Bryn Tillman, thank you so much for visiting us in the Customer Cafe. And uh, we hope you'll come again. I would love to. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us for today's brew. Like what you heard? Let the world know. Leave a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Subscribe now so you never miss an exciting episode. See you soon.